I'm Luca Lucarini. And I'm Elon Levy. And together, we are your hosts for the Health in Canada podcast series brought to you by Dentons. These episodes will cover various topics in health tech, life sciences, and healthcare sectors, and aims to provide you with small segments that you can listen to on the go. You can find our episodes at dentons.com on our podcast page. There you can access our episodes as well as a description for each topic and information on our speakers. And now over to our podcast topics and speakers. In today's episode, we are sitting down with Vincent Dore, Senior Vice President, Legal Affairs and Corporate Secretary, and Joseph Mele, Chief Commercial Officer from Entourage Health Corp, a producer and distributor of cannabis products and brands. They will be discussing regulations and compliance issues in the cannabis market, as well as what makes our organization unique in this competitive space. Welcome to the podcast, Vincent Joe. Well, thank you for having us, Elad. Uh, great, uh, great to be here. So I guess just to start off for our listeners, um, can we get a little bit of the background on Entourage Health in general, as well as what your roles are with the companies? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Elaine. I'll, I'll kick it off and, uh, and then I'll let Joe add his, uh, his flair. Uh, I'll give a bit of a background. Originally, the organization started as WeedMD uh, under that branding. It started in 2014, obviously at that time, really focused on the medical cannabis market. Um, and then as, uh, as cannabis became legal here in Canada uh, for recreational use, WeedMD actually with its large cultivation facility also became a wholesaler for other licensed producers in Canada. Um, in fact, there are a number of early LPs that sourced some of their starting materials from WeedMD. Uh, it, WeedMD launched into the retail market in the adult use business under the Color brand in 2019. And in late 2019, it acquired Starseed Medicinal. And Starseed Medicinal is a uh, privately owned company that was really focused on the medical market as well. Um, the acquisition of Starseed Medicinal really cemented WeedMD's place in the medical cannabis world. Uh, Starseed Medicinal itself started in 2018. And in 2019, it launched into the adult use market for cannabis uh, under its Saturday brand, which we still use today. Entourage really just expanded the reach of Starseed Medicinal's medical and adult use platforms. Um, and Starseed then became the medical hub for the WeedMD business. More recently in 2021, uh, we went through a year of significant change. One of the big things was rebranding. Um, the WeedMD name had run its course. And so we rebranded as an organization under Entourage Health and our publicly traded company is called uh, Entourage Health Corp, as you know. And late in 2021, we acquired Cantex Life Sciences, which is a craft cultivator based out of the Guelph, Ontario area. So the, the acquisition of Cantex really brought the craft aspect to our brand portfolio. Their, their principal brand is called Royal City Cannabis Co. And they also have a tissue culture platform. So at this point, 
Entourage Health is completely vertically integrated from the tissue culture level all the way up to the final products where we have a, a large array of products in the adult use and medical channels that uh, that Joe could tell you more about if you want to know. Um, and those are, are finished in our Elmer, Ontario facility. Our main cultivation facility is based in, in the Strathroy area in Mount Bridges. Um, so, so Southwestern Ontario is really our home base. And, uh, and so we're completely vertically integrated. Um, our products are available coast to coast. And, um, and we're ready for the next chapter of what 2022 will bring us. My role within Entourage Health as the Senior Vice President of Legal and Corporate Secretary is to oversee three main areas of the business. The first being the Regulatory Affairs Group, which is a small but mighty team that navigates all the compliance and regulatory issues that are particular to the cannabis space. And the second would be the legal team, which does all the normal legal things, reviewing contracts, advising the business on legal issues, advising on risk. Um, and finally, the corporate secretarial function. As a public company, we obviously have uh, quite a bit of responsibilities under securities laws. Uh, we have a very mature board now currently with eight people sitting on the board. Uh, we have a lot of strategic business activity that requires board involvement. And so um, I navigate and lead that particular function and ensure from a securities law perspective as well that we're remaining compliant. Um, so that's my job in, in a nutshell. Uh, Joe, go ahead and, and share your much more exciting part of the business with the group. Thanks for having us on. Elon, it's great to be here and, and meet with you today. So uh, as the chief commercial officer for Entourage Health Corp. I'm responsible for leading the integrated sales, marketing, and business and product development teams. So our, our job is to go out and, and build brands that patients and, and consumers trust and to deliver value um, to our stakeholders along the way. So whether it's a, a retailer and helping them organize their, their menu board and, and satisfy their shoppers or to work with uh, insurance companies and, and patients to improve their access to medical cannabis. Awesome, thank you guys. And what I'm really getting, and I think it kind of goes to the market as a whole, is there's just been so much growth in the cannabis market over the last few years. And I think the diversification and growth of entourage really does show that. Um, but in terms of such a, such a saturated cannabis market, how, what, what is Entourage doing to kind of differentiate itself and make it, make it different and unique in this market? Right. No, I mean, that, that's, that's the story of, of our industry, certainly as it's matured um, since 2018. The um, level of competition has certainly uh, intensified. I think, you know, what's really important about Entourage and our unique um, business model and our focus um, is Starcy is, is our medical platform. Um, you know, as Vince had, had said, we we're very fortunate to work with um, some very skilled and passionate people within the management team and, and the board that want to provide greater access to patients for medical cannabis. 
Um, and you know, the reason why we think that's important is because we think that medical cannabis can be helpful to reduce the harm caused by opioids, particularly in the treatment uh, of chronic pain. And so I think on the medical side and the medical channel, Starseed has done a tremendous amount of work to you know, build the infrastructure with insurance companies, provide access to uh, medical consultation with nurse practitioners, and deliver you know, direct reimbursement. So you know, patients don't have to have a huge out-of-pocket expense if they have healthcare coverage. They can access medical cannabis as if it was any other pharmaceutical. And you know, again, the reason why we think that's important is because we think medical cannabis when used, you know, with a treatment plan and, and with the help of a, of a healthcare practitioner um, can reduce the harm caused by, by opioids. And that's something we're, we're all passionate about. And, and that's where Starseed, I think, makes Entourage uh, unique and different in the market. That's awesome. So it's really, it's really that, it's really that medical use that's really seeing the future of Entourage going forward, which is, which is definitely a unique look at, outlook on what the market is. Joe, I noticed one of the models you mentioned is the insurance piece, and that's definitely something that makes Entourage stand out in relation to the market. Um, would you mind elaborating a little bit on that aspect of the business? Sure. So, you know, we're fortunate to have some really uh, strong partners um, that share our, our conviction, and we've had, uh, you know, great investment from them to, to do one simple thing, which is, again, to uh, improve access to medical cannabis for for their uh, insurance payers and, and their members. Um, you know, those relationships are centered around harm reduction from opioid use. Um, so we've got some select partners that have uh, patient populations afflicted by, by chronic pain. Um, and we believe that with a treatment plan through a healthcare practitioner and through the select products of, of Starseed, um, we can help treat chronic pain and then either reduce or eliminate the use of opioids. Um, and you know, right now in Canada, the latest data is pretty frightening and it's pretty clear. There was about 19 deaths per day on average in the first half of 2021 in Canada related to opioid uh, use and abuse. Um, and so that's what our mission is, is to, is to work with insurance partners um, and other, other members of, uh, of our patient population that value the importance of, of medical cannabis as a way to reduce the use and reduce the harm from medical, uh, from medical opioids through the treatment of, of chronic pain with cannabis. But in commercializing the cannabis products and, and getting them to market and being able to do all the great things that, that, that you want, how much does compliance and regulatory aspects play into all of that? Well, the compliance aspects of the cannabis business are immense. We are regulated like any other public company. So there's, there's that aspect to it. Um, we're subject to other laws as a, as a business, like many other businesses are things like privacy. Um, you know, as a medical cannabis provider, there's aspects of our business that involve personal health information um, and other, other sensitive personal information. Um, but that's, that's like any other similar business. But where cannabis is, is peculiar or unique um, is that the whole process of licensing a facility all the way through the final checks on a product before they go out the door are regulated. 
because we're vertically integrated, that means we're subject to a lot of regulation. So as a, as a leader of a regulatory affairs function, we need to have a pretty good grip on every aspect of that. And it starts, uh, you know, for a new company or for uh, one that's looking to open a licensed facility under the Cannabis Act, that starts very early. That starts in your planning of how your facility is going to be built, laid out, uh, surrounded by security, uh, logistics that need to keep products of one type separate from products of another type within your facility so there's no cross-contamination. Uh, and then through the product development process, we work very closely with Joe's team, among others, to, uh, to understand what products are, are coming down the pipeline because we have certain obligations under the Cannabis Act for advanced notification of what will be out there on the market. One example is for each new cannabis product, we're required to provide 60 days advanced notice to Health Canada what's called a new cannabis product notification. And within that notification, there are very specific data points that are required, including things like cannabinoid content. Um, so we have to have a very good understanding of what that product is going to be every time we launch a new one. And for a company like Entourage Health, where a couple of years ago, we didn't have that much out on the market uh, to now having a, a massive array of products uh, under several brands in several different formats, all subject, each of those formats subject to different regulations. There's been a lot of paper created in that process. Um, and then we have more mundane things like reviewing promotional materials because the promotion of cannabis is very heavily regulated or very tightly regulated, I should say. There are very limited things that you're actually able to say about your product within the public sphere. Um, there are certain types of communications that might be directed to certain individuals um, that could have a little bit more information in them. But we just have to really delicately walk the line of making the market aware of our product, but not tripping over some of the things that the regulators really care about. And principally, from their perspective, and very understandably, uh, their main public health concerns are that cannabis products are kept away from minors. We, we can all understand that. Um, and then also that products are kept out of the illicit market. Uh, there, there are even within transit of products between facilities or between uh, our facility and the provincial distributors, there are uh, tight controls in place to ensure that those products don't leave, uh, don't, don't leave the possession of those who are properly licensed uh, to have possession. And then in addition to all the regulations under the Cannabis Act that we're subject to with Health Canada, we're also subject to an excise tax regime through the CRA. So there's a whole group within our team that is a cross-functional group that includes finance, that includes regulatory compliance, that has to have a deep understanding of how the CRA looks at the cannabis space. And it is quite a complex web of regulations. Uh, our hope is that that will be simplified over time. It's a bit of a patchwork at the moment, 
but uh, let's just say from my perspective as someone who's in charge of the regulatory affairs team, there's a lot for us to do uh, and a big part that we play in commercializing cannabis products. And, and touching on the whole commercializing cannabis products and how difficult it is in such a heavily compliant industry such as cannabis, uh, Joe, can you maybe touch on a little bit on how your role interacts with that and the difficulties and challenges um, that you have to go through in commercializing these products? Sure. I mean, I think, you know, Vince had covered it in terms of, you know, just what the, those regulations are and, and what we have to navigate. I think, you know, the important thing to remember is, is that we are, you know, we're trying to c communicate uh, with, with consumers and with patients um, as best we can. And I think, you know, that's what has us excited about um, the growth opportunities for us uh, at Entourage. We have a, a disproportionate investment in our sales team um, that has a one-to-one -one relationship with, with retailers. And so we know having those relationships enables us to communicate um, the attributes of our brand and our product right to, to retailers. So that's a way we, we work within the regulatory environment. And on the healthcare side, um, you know, communicating directly to patients and, and forming important relationships directly with insurance companies and, and healthcare practitioners. I think, you know, the environment is, is regulated for a reason, for the, for the safety of, um, of consumers or of, of Canadians broadly. And I think, you know, the criticism is those regulations have, have also held the industry back. Um, you know, if you look across to, to the U.S., particularly with the CBD uh, regulatory framework. I think that's something that, you know, we look ahead and, and hope that that comes uh, into Canada through the, the cannabis health product uh, discussions that are happening. But, you know, I think overall, our approach has been to, um, you know, navigate the uh, regulatory environment with, with a very sincere sense of integrity, and, and we want to follow the rules as they are. And, you know, we've invested in and ways to communicate directly to retailers and directly to patients and practitioners um, in order to comply with, with those regulations. And, and following off of that, because um, I know you mentioned the CBD regulations in the States and, and hoping to see things like that start making its way up North. Um, do you, what other, do you see any, like do you foresee any other cannabis regulations changing in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's difficult to project uh, on a lot of these. And, and I know Vince will have a, a formulated point of view on it uh, as well. But, you know, from a, from a commercial perspective, I think, you know, the cannabis industry is a really good case study in Canada. It's a really good example to say, hey, you know, consumers and the marketplace in a new industry, in a new category, in a, in a new set of products, there is a role for marketing. There's a role for advertising. There's a role for informing the marketplace about what these products can do, who they're for, what you should expect when you purchase them. Um, and ultimately that right now is, is restricted when it comes to broader communication. Um, and so I think that's why we're seeing that play out when you look at things like high THC flour still being the dominant product format. I mean, that's more a function of the only numerical value consumers kind of respond to on a package being the THC number rather than all the other elements of a product, um, whether it's the terpene profile or the moisture or the genetics of the plant, um, you know, people are, are gravitating to the things that they have access to. And, 
the regulations are so strict. That's what I think is influencing the market development in Canada. Um, and so I don't, I don't know if the U.S. model is is perfect either. Um, but clearly, the amount of knowledge the industry has been able to impart onto the marketplace in Canada has been restricted by by the regulatory environment that we operate. And, and Vince, um, what do you have any? What, what's your foresight on the market going forward? Yeah, I guess from a regulatory or legal oriented perspective, I take a bit of a different view than Joe, um, but I think we end up at the same place. Uh, you know, having been in this industry myself since uh, January of 2018, before the legalization came into effect, I've seen how the laws were developed. Um, I mentioned earlier that Health Canada was principally focused on a couple of really key points, one being keeping product out of the illicit market, keeping the legal product out of the illicit market, um, and keeping it out of the hands of minors. And to Joe's point, I believe that the regulations that we have today were structured to ensure that those risks were mitigated to the greatest possible extent. And maybe that was done to the detriment of some other imperatives in the industry. Um, in some cases, the long-term potential of the industry or the um, survival of the businesses within the industry might have been sacrificed somewhat for the more uh, altruistic end. And I think where Health Canada is going to go I don't have any particular insights, so I should qualify that. Um, but yeah, I, I actually should commend Dentons because they've done such great work in this area, uh, really having tabs on where Health Canada's uh, next steps are going to be from the information available. And we work with Dentons very closely in that regard. Uh, but I think we're, what we're going to see is more practicable structures from a regulatory perspective that don't sacrifice those primary objectives that I mentioned. Um, so for instance, speaking to Joe's point about the role of marketing, there are ways that we can communicate characteristics of the product, characteristics of our brand, characteristics of our business in a way that today could certainly be viewed as contrary to the regulation, but that tomorrow I hope will be acceptable without infringing on that key thing of keeping products away from the children, not trying to attract minors uh, to, our to use our products. We have to have a degree of trust in our consumers that they are going to make informed decision. And so long as we're not misleading them in any way, I think we can get there as an industry as a whole. That's just one example. The cannabis health products is uh, certainly an area where there can be great evolution. And again, looking back at where we started when cannabis began, uh, we didn't have cannabis edibles for a year after legalization. We, they just didn't exist. They weren't, they weren't allowed, they weren't permitted and they weren't regulated. Um, we're there now, so we'll see an evolution there. And, where I'd like to see us go and where I think we will go at some point, depending on uh, the structure that it ends up as, is companies like ourselves who've 
have a track record, have robust quality assurance programs, have strong compliance records, uh, will be entrusted with producing cannabis health products that have certain health claims attributable to them and participate in what is an enormous marketplace in the US and could be equally significant here. Um, we'll see how that progresses. We know it's on the table and we know it's being looked at. We will likely see some news later this year, perhaps early next year, if things are slowed down a bit with the impacts of the pandemic. Uh, but I think we'll hear some news in this area in particular, um, because if you, if you just look at what's happened in the US, the CBD products are selling like hotcakes. And there is not just a consumer products demand for it, but also a health and wellness driven demand. And so there are people who find that these products do help them. Um, and by creating a different regulatory framework for those products, we can make them more easily accessible to, to people who need them. The future really is um, bright for the for the cannabis market, um, and it, and it's crazy to think about how far it's really come from what was around four or five years ago of its first inception. Even as you mentioned, um, the inception of allowing edibles was something that is it, like it, no one really would have seen it coming back in the day, and and here we are. Um, Looking back at kind of the journey of entourage and the cannabis regulatory market and, and compliance requirements, um, is there anything that, is there any, is, like, are you surprised at where we are today? Um, I certainly am. I think there are certain areas that uh, I would have seen evolve a little bit more quickly, or I would have expected to see evolve a little bit more quickly. Uh, you know, one, one thing that is challenging for licensed producers like ourselves is inconsistent rules, uh, regulations, operating practices, and expectations of licensed producers from province to province. This is not news to people who are in other industries. Um, industries are regulated differently province to province in a number of different areas. Uh, it's been particularly challenging for us because of the novelty of everything. So to try to jump into a newly regulated area and then to also be faced with 10 different sets of rules in our different marketplaces, um, that's certainly a challenge. And, and what we've seen of late is some of the provinces are actually changing their practices, making them more robust in some cases. In other cases, maybe being a bit more practical. Um, it's, been, it's been a bit of a, a mixed bag when it comes to provincial regulation. And we know the retailers feel it acutely as well because they're governed by the provincial legislation. Um, but it, even as licensed producers in interacting with the provincial distributors, as well as in what Joe's team does and interacting with retailers at the ground floor, we do see a, a patchwork here and it's a bit challenging to navigate. It would be nice to see more harmonization across the board. And I probably should have referenced this earlier in some of the regulatory changes that we hope to see. 
Um, there's some timing issues, certainly in dealing with the different regulators that we deal with. One of the questions that I get asked a lot when we have to uh, work with some of our regulators is when, when do you think we'll have an answer? And we can't give any sort of guidance on that other than from past history, but even that, that changes drastically from case to case. Uh, we, we would like, and I think I speak for the whole industry and, and particularly with Joe, a little bit more certainty around that. And so one of the things that I think will be tabled is um, certain service standards from our regulators. And uh, we can then empower Joe to, to plan out his business model a little bit better moving forward. But Joe, I don't know if you have a, a different perspective on any of that. Yeah, I mean, I would just, just build on it by saying, I think, you know, something that will be a very important catalyst for regulatory changes, particularly on the medical side of cannabis, you know, will be the continued investment we're seeing uh, across North America in the research of the uh, efficacy of medical cannabis. So whether you see something like the NFL recently and their investment in, in research, um, you know, at Entourage Health uh, Corp, we also have our own um, investigation happening right now where, you know, we're going to be looking at two different populations of, of people with comparable um, employment history and demographics and, and seeing how cannabis would, you know, reduce the negative outcomes related to opioids between those two populations. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of regulatory changes, one of the catalysts that will help improve those or, or again, broaden the access on the medical cannabis side will be uh, an increased volume and, and really um, just the amplification of the medical efficacy that cannabis uh, can provide for, for people. And I think that will help illuminate a way forward that broadens the access to medical cannabis for, for more Canadians. Awesome. Well, Joe and Vince, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to hear the insight you both offered. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Elon. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Elon. That was great. Our speakers from this podcast episode, or any other professional in our group, would be pleased to speak with you on today's topic or any other topic related to our topic. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for other episodes. Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices.